You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. We're in a battle. We don't, I mean, it's the battle of light versus darkness. Yeah. And before we come to faith in Christ, God classifies us as his enemy. Anyone who is not with him, for him, and believing in him is considered in the enemy camp. Howdy, everybody out there. Welcome to this version of the Conversations podcast. It's just your um, friendly neighborhood worship leader, Ben Kiowski, here with Bob Moss, our pastor of spiritual formation. Bob, thanks for being on the podcast today. I am happy to be here. So you taught us, jumping right into it, you taught us um, yesterday about... You spoke about a couple of snapshots in the Old Testament, the original sin, and you even talked about the Tower of Babel a little bit. And in all of that stuff, the main point was to talk about trusting God. And toward the end of your talk, we're going to kind of—I'm going to kind of back into it. Um, toward the end of it, you asked the question, "Where are we right now?" And so I, I kind of want to ask that question back to you: Where do you think we are, like as a culture? And then we'll also talk about individually. But where do you think we are? with putting our trust in God today? As a culture, I think our culture is in uh, the kingdom of darkness. I say that because we are rejecting our Judeo-Christian heritage in this country. We're rapidly taking what had been for hundreds of years accepted as gospel truth. And back about 70, 80 years ago, maybe, uh, things began to change. And I believe without any reservation, we are living in darkness in the United States of America. Yeah, it seems, you know, over time, I would, would tend to agree with it. We're, we're putting less and less trust in who God is and who He says we are and more and more trust in our own reason. Of course, you know, we know that's been going on since, you know, the 1800s or whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh, even before that... Um, in the in the in the early centuries after after Jesus ascended, um, you know, people immediately started continuing to follow their own wisdom and their own um, ideas. So, I guess the next question would be: How do we get how do we get back individually? I mean, because let I me mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it takes each of us realizing our own darkness um, to get back to trust. I mean, is that what? How, how do how do you think we can get back there? Well, I believe, and again, this is all by faith. Sure, everybody has their worldview, mm-hmm. and my worldview is a Judeo-Christian worldview that begins with a presupposition that God's word is inspired by him, Mm -hmm. 
and useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness. So you ask, how do we get back? Well, there's only one way to get back. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father unless they come through me. So Jesus Christ is the way. And there are only two kingdoms in the world, spiritual world, Mm -hmm. kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Mm. And the Bible says that the Son is the express image of the Father. Mm. So it's got to be Jesus. Nobody else has done what Jesus did. So he is our way. Yeah, I think it is that simple. I mean, I totally agree that it's that simple. You know, and you, you talked about when you're talking about the original sin uh, in your in your message, what you know what happened there in, in the garden. Um, something you said that was uh, that stuck out to me was you said that gaining wisdom man's way always leads to destruction, and um, somehow Adam and Eve thought there was a wisdom out there. That they could attain in another way. Can you can you unpack that a little more and sure. tell us? Uh, to begin with, when God created the vegetation and the trees, he and he t- t- told Adam. He said, "Adam, he said, the trees are pleasing to the eye, and they are good for food. Those two things." Well, it tells us in chapter three. It says, when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, which is okay, that's what God said, and it was pleasing to the eyes, that's also what God said. But then she said, and it was also desirable for gaining wisdom. See, well, she was going outside the parameters that God had set for her to find wisdom. Wisdom was in God. Everything that God had given Adam and Eve was good. Right. So he told them, commanded them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She disobeyed, he disobeyed, and their eyes were opened in the sense that they saw they were naked, but their eyes were also closed at the same time to see the kingdom of light. Mm. And suddenly they made the transition from the kingdom of God in the garden to the kingdom of darkness in their own mind. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, the the scripture you shared uh, toward the end of Proverbs three, five through six. The tail end of that says, "Do not be wise in your own eyes." Um, I mean, what is? How are some ways that you see us being wise in our own eyes, and and what what are ways that we can get past that? Um, and you know, I'm not just talking about those those who haven't met Jesus yet. I'm talking about like. You know, those of us who've been in the church, we think we know stuff, right? So now we think right. we're wise, and that becomes this sort of almost deceptive wisdom. Like, talk well, about, I, like, I think the first, 
first thing we've got to understand is how how deceitful our ego is yeah. toward us. In that uh, that whole passage there in in Proverbs three five and six begins with trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Right. Do not lean on your own understanding. See, our problem is we think we are so smart that we can figure things out. Yeah. So we go to the Bible, and instead of allowing the Bible to minister to us and feed our spirit, we go to the Bible analytically yeah. with reasoning, with... And I'm not saying God doesn't want us to think. Of course not. Yeah. No. But what I am saying is that we can rationalize and we can take portions of Scripture and come up with theology that is totally out of sync with what God is teaching. And we know that because we've got so many different schools of theology out yeah. there. Yeah, and we've watched that destroy all kinds of stuff in our exactly. in our world over the years. You know what I mean, and people I mean, look at the church and they see, well, this one, you know, what's what's what? And Jesus didn't say, well, they're going to know you by how intelligent you are. Huh. They're not going to know you as my disciples by the doctrines that you teach. They're right. going to know you by your love for one another. That's simple. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, even, uh, you know, we're even taught in biblical scholarship to come critically, um, you know, to the word. And I think some of that is meant in a good intent, meaning we come critically so that we can understand what it's actually saying. But, you know, I've experienced that in the other way, even even within the church with those who are who are trying to learn and, you know, at seminaries and this, you know, we're taught to come and, and criticize the text quite literally as if it somehow has lost its inspiration over the years or something silly like that. At least that's the feeling that I've picked up from some. Obviously, right. it's not, obviously, it's not everyone. But it goes on to say, do not be wise in your own eyes. And so we have this elite thinking that uh, we, should, we should take what we understand yeah. Okay, there's nothing wrong with understanding. Of course not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, it's very interesting. Today, hundreds of years after he wrote his Summa Theologica, Thomas Aquinas, who was considered maybe not the most brilliant, but one of the most brilliant yeah. men in the Roman Catholic Church and in the history of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And he was a brilliant man. Shortly before he died, he had a mystical experience. And he had an encounter with God, very similar to Paul's encounter on the road to Damascus. Right. And he came back from that encounter, and he said he quit writing. He stopped writing, didn't he? Penned no more yeah. articles for his Summa Theologica. <laughs> and he said this. He says, everything that I knew before and learned before is straw compared to what I have now. You see, 
And a per- nothing can take the place of a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah. King of kings, Lord of lords. Absolutely. Master of the universe. That's exactly right. Yeah. That kind of speaks to, uh, you shared uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as well. Uh, um, uh, what verses were that? 2 uh, Corinthians 10. 10, starting three, in three verses through five. 5. 3 through 5, yeah. yeah. He says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. See, we're in a battle. We don't, I mean, it's the battle of light versus darkness. Yeah. And before we come to faith in Christ, God classifies us as his enemy. Anyone who is not with him, for him, and believing in him is considered in the enemy camp. Right. Okay. So... We're in a battle. It's, a, it's the battle of light versus darkness. Right. Again, it's that simple. There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. Yeah. God the Father is over the kingdom of light, and his Son is the one who created everything. And it was created by him, through him, and for him. Mm-hmm. And in him, all things hold together. So he is the Colossian force. He is the energy in the atom. He is the one around which everything revolves. So Absolutely, yes. So here we are. We're in a battle, and that's what it says. So the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we have demolish strongholds. Mm-hmm. We demolish every argument and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So what happens? Well, we go out here. Our universities are filled with arguments and and presuppositions and ideologies and theories that oppose the reign of Jesus Christ. And so what do we do? We come along with the simple message that God loves everybody. And we follow a Savior who tells us to love our enemies. We follow a Savior who tells us to be the light of the world. We follow a Savior who says, we have the truth because we have Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, so what do we do with that? Well, we don't, we don't get angry with people. We right. don't have to. We don't need to get angry yeah. with people. We don't need to go out and burn down buildings. We don't need to destroy. We don't even need to go out and protest anything. All we need to do is stand. Mm-hmm. And we have the Word of God. And right. an argument comes against us, a false Pretense comes against us, and all we have to do is speak truth. Yeah. You see, it's, it's interesting that in the garden, uh, 
Adam and Eve, or Eve was tempted because of the lust of the food and the eyes and the pride of gaining wisdom. Yeah. That's exactly how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Yeah. And what did he do? Did he fight? Did he argue? No, he simply quoted a verse of Scripture. Right. Very simple verses of Scripture. And all throughout his ministry, the religious leaders of his day, they tried to trick him with questions. And what did yeah. he do? He came back with a simple answer, a simple story. And his message, his simple stories demolished the strongholds that were coming against right. him. Yeah. <laughs> seems, seems all pretty straightforward, I would think. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you were talking about it's essentially the same deception and temptation in the garden that it was for Jesus when he went out and he was tempted. And then we see the two different responses. And it's, it's like something that, that I've said. I'm sure I heard it somewhere. I'm not claiming to have come up with it. But it's like um, Satan isn't really that smart. He's just experienced. He's been working on us for a couple of thousand years or however long. And uh, um, how, how do we, I mean, I know we talked about our, our, our weapons, which is the, the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Word to break down the strongholds. How, how practically can we fight against, recognize Satan's twisting of the truth? You know, because you mentioned, um, you know, that, that, that the statement that he made to Eve was both true and false. Yes, it was. And that's very deceptive. How do, how do we navigate Satan's, like, the messed up, like, you know, so we got stuff coming at us from everywhere right. in, in, in our world, you know, today. Well, there's a verse of Scripture, and I believe it's in Colossians. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And when you have the peace of God ruling in your heart, there is... Something that comes with that, you know the peace of God, and and you know the joy of God that is springing up from within you, and when when you hear anything that triggers something in you to question and wonder, is this. Where's this coming from? You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is observe what is going on, what is being said. Be the observer and listen and pray and seek God in that situation because light always exposes darkness. Right. And and so... We, it, it says we take captive every thought to the obedience of Jesus. I've got a real simple, simple rules that I go by. Number one, I don't judge any one person, any person. I can judge what they say by and discern, but right. I'm, I'm talking about a condemning judgment. Of Jesus course, yeah. did not come into the world to condemn the world. I'm not going to go out here and condemn the world for anything. The world is already condemned. Right. Okay. Yeah. So number two, I don't judge. That's number one. Number two, 
I don't resist. Non-resistance. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If somebody wants to sue you and take your shirt, let them have your coat as well. Mm -hmm. If they make you go one mile, go with them two miles. And, And Jesus taught us not to resist. He did not resist in the sense that he tried to he didn't try to change the circumstances out there so non-resistance the third is non attachment to the things of this world yeah the apostle john said do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does is not from the Father, but from the world. Mm -hmm. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So we have this... I have this thing where I'm not attaching myself to anything in the world. And the fourth thing is to non is non-attraction. I don't want to be attracted to anything in the world. I want to be attracted to the word of God. I yeah. want the Holy Spirit to rule in my life. I want to live consciously, hour by hour, moment by moment, in the conscious awareness of I'm of fellowship with God. And that keeps me pretty safe. Yeah. Wow. Man, Bob, I don't feel like I belong in the same room. No. I, <laughs> I, listen, this is, I'm 77 years old. It's taken me, it, it's taken much fire that I've had to walk through sure. to get where I am now. Yeah. And I've had some very terrible things happen in my family. Um, and in the last 15 years, I've lost a son. He was a missionary in India. Mm-hmm. My dad died. My mother died. And I had a son addicted to crystal meth. And of those four things, the worst was the, was the last. This, yeah my son's addiction to crystal meth. But yet I can sit here with you, Ben, and tell you without a shadow of a doubt, it was my son's addiction to crystal meth that took me in to to the place that I'm abiding right now because of the adversity, because of the uh, difficulty that my wife and I had, the uh, the trauma yeah. that was associated with that, and yet today my son uh, is walking with the Lord, yeah, and I'm amazing. grateful for that. But even if he wasn't walking with the Lord, something came out of his addiction for me that was very good, and and so I've learned that God makes everything work together for good. It's it's like the garden back getting back to the garden. There is no evil when God makes even the bad situations work for something good in your life. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. 
story about your son. I think that, um, you know, we can all relate in some way to going through times like that. And I think that your, your response teaches us. And so thanks for sharing that. Your response to that shows us what it means to actually trust God. Um, and that, that peace comes as a result of that continued choice Amen. to Amen. trust. You know? Um, so thanks for that. So shifting gears a little bit, um, and kind of as as a as a little bit of wrap up to this to this version of the podcast, um, you gave us a strong exhortation as fathers. This Father's yes, Day was is. yesterday. We have the Father's Day week, and your and your ex- exhortation was to be a man of God who stands for the truth. And if you could, as we kind of end this this version of the podcast, can you give us a little more there? Can you add to that exhortation? And, and, and encourage us, what, what does it mean to be men who stand for truth? Okay, to be a man of God that stands for truth, to, to me and my understanding, it means make a wholehearted commitment to trust God, surrender, and love people the way Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And, and surrender means abiding in Christ and allowing his word to abide in you. Mm-hmm. And, and fortunately, I came in contact with a group of people called the Navigators early right. on in my yeah. Christian experience. And I've been memorizing scripture for, for the whole time that I have been following the Lord. And I would say... I, the one discipline that will help you in every other discipline uh, is scripture memory. Mem- committing to to memorizing the word. Mm-hmm. I can remember when Jose spoke at the beginning of our uh, series on on spiritual disciplines, and he said, "You know, if we if we hear the word of God, we rep- we remember five percent. If we." If we study the word or something to no, if we read the word, we remember five percent. If we hear the word, fifteen percent. If we study the word, thirty-five percent. But if we memorize the word, we retain a hundred percent. Yeah. Now, this is what I believe God has called me to do. Really, yeah. is to help men. Memorize scripture. And we have been blessed at Cypress Creek Church with an app that makes it so simple mm-hmm. to memorize scripture. And so I am spending the rest of my life helping men learn the Word of God, not theologically. I don't I don't get into theology. Right. I go to the Word of God and let the Word of God speak for itself. I I allow the Word to interpret itself, and I trust the Word of God. So that's what I do, and uh, and I'm seeing tremendous fruit from it. Yeah, awesome, awesome. If there's a if there's a guys some if there's men out there listening to this podcast, how can they uh, get in contact with you if they want to start on this road to to this spiritual discipline of memorizing scripture. My email... And, and women as well, but, you know, we're right, talking about right. fathers right now. Right. <laughs> but just email me at bob at cypresscreekchurch.com. And 
uh, I'd be happy to visit with you. And uh, we we are doing that at Cypress Creek Church. We are putting together uh, teams of people that are helping other men. It, it's like iron sharpening iron. It's a tremendous way to really understand what the kingdom of God is all about. Because in Psalms, it says, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's what we've got to have. We've got to have the word of God because the word of God illumines us. It gives us mm -hmm. the, the uh, light that we need to take the steps that we need to take to follow Jesus. Well, that's amazing. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for sharing. Well, thank and you for, for having me. I've enjoyed being here. I love you, Ben. It's always fun. <laughs> I love I appreciated you too. having you there leading worship. I, you were just so into it. It just <laughs> blessed the socks off me as, as we were preparing uh, yeah. yesterday. Well, you know, as they say, that that's me. I can do no other, <laughs> as Amen. it were. So. Well, thanks, Bob. That's it for this uh, version of the Conversations podcast. We will see you next time. All right. Amen. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.